everyone. Welcome to episode 89 of the Utah Royals FC show. I am Lucas Muller and joined today by Cindy. Cindy, how are you? I am doing pretty well, holding up despite the news that we Yeah, I feel like pretty well is way (laughs) better than I would have expected. I, I I think, I don't know. I think because maybe it's not real. Maybe I'll wake up tomorrow and everything will be okay, you know? If, if listeners don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> the schedule dropped today and we're really upset about it. <laughs> um, so the day started with the schedule, the NWSL schedule showing up. It's Monday the 25th of February. Um, uh, the day started with the NWSL schedule being on Google and nowhere else. Um, And then the schedule dropped. It was very exciting. Um, The day was going great. And then we got the news that one Rebecca Sauerbrunn is going to be traded to uh, the Portland Thorns. Um, So an immediate downer after being excited to see that schedule. Um, Yes, Cindy, what's your reaction to this move? Oh, man. Do I begin with heartbreak? Do I begin with disbelief? Do I begin by how long-term this is good for the team? (laughs) Denial, bargaining. Bargaining. Yeah, I think, as I'm sure many people will be shocked to know, that Becky Sauerbrunn is one of my idols. (laughs) Um, I just think she's a really... On a personal, you know, like personal side, I think she's just a wonderful human being and footballer. Um, and so having followed her since the FC Kansas City days and then two Utah days, it's it's kind of like feels like I don't even know. I'm I'm in shock. <laughs> um, no, but um, I think I think it would have been OK. I'm like, OK, well, with you know, Becky wants to play in, I don't know, Seattle. Okay, great. Portland, it's kind of like you not only lose, like, probably you lose your captain, but mm-hmm. you lose your captain to pretty much, like, you know, everyone's rival, Portland Thorns FC. <laughs> um, yeah, I I have mixed feelings because she's obviously the captain She's been, you know, she was the first player from FC Kansas City to commit to Utah Royals FC, um, which kind of just led the way. I think if you get Becky Sabron to, you know, give the thumbs up, we're good, let's go, this is good. Oh. And that, yeah, that kind of just paves the way. Um, so it's just, it's weird in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah I mean, she is someone who outside the national team you followed at like the club level for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think obviously people who have known Becky Sabran with, you know, from FC Kansas city days to Utah Royals days, it's, it's, it's kind of like odd at the same time, you know, she is reaching probably the end of her career. Who knows if, you know, Will we see Becky Sabron, you know, in the next World Cup, in the next Olympics? Probably not. She's definitely reaching near the end of her career. Um, 
especially if the U.S. is to win a gold medal, like what else is there for Becky to accomplish from an international perspective, from an NWSL perspective? Like she's pretty much going on top, um, two-time NWSL champion. So yeah, it, it make I could, and she lives in Portland as well. So you know, um, there's just a lot to unpack there. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you're I think the living in Portland is big. I think like I'm just curious what she wants. She's 34, almost 35, I think. Um but, you know, her significant other I, I believe is in Portland if I could for that somewhere. Um and it's she's probably at a point in her career of club soccer is not as important to her like she like you said, two NWSL championships, two World Cup victories, and one gold Olympic gold medal with the real shot at a second one this summer. Um, if you've got two, two, and two, like, do you need to continue playing? Like, maybe she wants to, or maybe she, you know, wants to move on to the next stage of her of her life and her career. Yeah, exactly. So. What, yeah, I mean, I guess I was going to ask, what do you think not having Becky Sauber on, on the Royals does to the team? Well, that takes a huge, you know, a leadership leadership piece from the team. Um, someone who commanded the back line, you know, I, it's just such a huge piece that is going to be missing. And so now it's like, who is going to be, you know, that anchor in the back line? Um, probably Rachel Corsi because, you know, her mm-hmm. and Becky were great. But, yeah, I think I think this is something that the team is going to have to really adapt to. Or, I mean, or it could be um, Kelly O'Hara. She has the seniority. She's a veteran, you know, so – I don't know. What what do you think as far as how does this impact the team? Yeah, I I think it's tough. I don't think there's any way around um, this hurting the back line. Um, but I also don't think it's the end of the world. Um, Becky is very – is probably one of the best center backs uh, in the world. Um, there are other experienced veterans on the team. Um, I don't think the leadership vacuum is going to be as much of an issue as, um, probably her skill and, um, ability to read the game. Like we have other people who can be the captain of the team, um, already on the squad. I, I don't think that's the issue. Um, I think it hurts from a fan perspective because everyone loves Becky Sauerbrunn. She's, um, she's a legend. She's done it all. Uh, she has, um, a lot of support. Um, so I think that is what is hard. And then, you know, the back line then becomes like, who, who are the center backs? I think is my next question. Um, Craig Harrington said, uh, he wants the team to be, more attack minded that certainly does not mean it helps you at all to 
remove your best defender, um, that makes probably being attack-minded more difficult because you have to have other players make up for the slack um, kind of left by anyone who's not at Becky Sabrun's level. Um, so I know that um, Taylor Leach can play center back, but you know obviously it's going to be Rachel Corsi, and then I'm not sure if Gabby Vincent will start, um, but who else is going to step into that role? Exactly. So now you have this huge void, this huge, yeah, it's a void that you're going to have to figure out how to replace Becky Sabrin, how to replace, you know, your leader. Like like you said, like from a captain standpoint, there are many players with enough experience. So I think, you know, the, co- the captaincy um, is, is more of a badge of honor, um, leader type, and there's many on the team. But yeah, how do you replace someone who is such an anchor in your back line? Um, and, and maybe this is a huge opportunity for um, someone young to step up, you know, and own that spot and someone who can be there all the time for Utah and not like, I, I just, obviously Becky's huge. She's, you know, World Cup champion, probably one of the best defenders in the world, not probably one of the best in the world. And so now Utah will not be, you know, they won't have to face that. Even though they will initially face that void, it's not something that they'll have to figure out when there's a World Cup or when there's an Olympics. Um, and no. this may be a player that they can build and even eventually to, you know, a national team player, even of sorts. We've seen that with a lot of NWSL teams. But I, I think if you look at other NWSL teams, they've been able to develop players that were called up to the national team. Whereas the past two years we've seen other than Abby Smith, who got probably what a call up one time, it's mm-hmm. always been your same three, you know, Becky, mm-hmm. Chris and press and Kelly O'Hara. So I think now we're in a position that's like, okay, the club is moving towards a new era, new phase of developing young players. Yeah, Sabran's spot will leave a void, but maybe it's something that can be developed. And maybe even this season. You mean Craig is Craig Harrington. That's 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 what they want to do, and that's why they hired him. So it's not ideal, especially this close to the season. Um, especially not to Portland. I think <laughs> out of out of all the teams, you're like, really? Portland? Yeah. Um, so I kind of feel betrayed. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, if listeners don't know, I grew up in Oregon and I lived in Portland before moving here. Uh, and I don't love Portland soccer teams, uh, to put it lightly. Um, so not my favorite. However, the first game of the season is April 18th um, in mm. Portland. And that's going to mean the Royals facing Becky Sabrun. Uh and I'm 90% sure I'm going to be at that game. And I'm so excited and like <laughs> like morbidly curious how that will go. Mm. Um, yeah. But the report um, – so yeah, Equalizer broke the story. They reported it was a trade for allocation money, a player, and then um, essentially future payments or revenue if she continues to play. Um, so if like – 
my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, or if you have a different understanding, is uh, if Becky were to play like three or four more years, then the Royals would receive a payment for each year she continues to play. Is that is that what your take was on that? Yeah, yeah. So it's more like insurance money. Yeah, yeah. I think that's right. Um, but any any thoughts on who um, that player might be? Do you think it would be someone like substantial or, you know, one of their lesser known players? Yeah. I, I, I think obviously it's not going to be a Federation player. So, you know, don't expect Tobin Heath to come to Utah. Um, sadly. Utah Royals show breaks the news. Tobin Heath too. <laughs> to Utah. Yeah. Right. Um, I, yeah, I, I think it'll be Portland also is very solid in their young, you know, squad. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be cool to get like defender for defender, and I can't, you know, maybe Emily's not Emily's on it. She's in uh, Orlando. Orlando. There's another Emily Mingus, I believe. Um, so I don't think obviously nobody knows who that player is. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think it'll be interesting. And obviously, right now, this is. The news that were broke, everything that was put out today, does not mean that it's an official deal. Um, the club and the league, I mean, it is from everything that I've heard is it's just Utah and Portland are in agreement. This is what's going to happen. Um, but I, the league still has to approve this trade. And so that has not happened yet. And so that's why we haven't seen anything across the official channels. That's why Portland hasn't announced anything, you know, league Utah, because it's still pretty much just like it needs the stamp of approval from the league. So, mm. um, yeah. And so I think even the equalizer also said that um, both the Thorns and Royals are also expected to land high prof- profile international players at some point in 2020. So, um, yeah, lot probably allocation money will be used in that and um it'll be good so yeah i think i think allocation money is going to play a role i mean stephanie lee said in the show last week that they're pursuing a player using allocation money um and to me that means higher than like better quality than a rod vero but not quite, um, probably not quite like the U.S. national team players we have. But like, who's to say? Um, mm. This is a real. This is a new mechanism in the league. Uh, we don't really know how far it's going to go or be used. The the sixty thousand in allocation money that went to Chicago for the eighth pick in the draft. You know, we might get way more than that for Sour Run, and then in that case, like. Do you dump three hundred and fifty thousand dollars on one player uh, and bring in like a superstar, or you know, I, I like that? I would think would be really extreme, but um, it might be something along those lines of you know, you get one really big player, or maybe you get two or three. Um, but there's there's a lot that has not yet happened in the season, and I've seen a lot of alarm on. Uh, 
Twitter and Facebook today because it's Twitter and Facebook and alarm is how we live. Um, <laughs> but it is, there's a lot of time left in the off season. Players haven't reported yet. Um, the first game is not for another six weeks, seven weeks. Um, mm-hmm. Deals will happen. Moves will happen. Um, and getting players from outside the league, I think is super exciting. Uh, it's a little, feels like there's a lot of uh, in-league movement, which is fine. Um, but there's some really great international talent uh, that I think can be got, especially now that this allocation money is on the table. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, at this point, any, they can grab anybody at this point, um, you know, should everything else work accordingly. But, yeah, um, I think the U.S. national players are great. You know, they won a World Cup for a reason. But I don't think that's that's going to – I don't I think we need to start moving away from that's what makes your team great is, you know, whether you have certain players. Cuz if you look at North Carolina for a long I mean, when they won as Western New York Flash or even just the following year after, a lot of these players were not like national team level. They were just getting started, so mm-hmm. um and maybe that's what Utah's heading towards too. So I um but yeah, one more thing on Becky is uh, I think the defense looks very small. <laughs> I was uh, – which is so crazy because last night I started working on a, the state of the Utah Royals FC roster. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you take Becky out, you have one, two, three, four, five, six defenders. <laughs> um mm. Which, you know, two of those are Rachel Corsi and Kelly O'Hara, and the rest are very, very young players. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Feels a little thin. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Tell what you're going to do because you got some explaining to do. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's exciting to think of um, Maimon and Vincent getting a real chance more than, you know, a game here or there, but it's also nerve wracking thinking, you know, our, our, you know, starting defenders could be a year out of college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been a busy off season. Um, I would say the draft was great. Um Bringing in um, the ch- two pl- uh, U.S. players that had been in Sweden. By U.S., I mean like Americans had been playing in Sweden. Um, is a good move, but I really hope there, there are more signings that come and there kind of needs to be, or, yeah, it will be a pretty disappointing offseason overall. Mm-hmm. But, again, we're, we're six or seven weeks out from the first game. Right. You can't. I mean, last year we were like, this is the year. And then, <laughs> and then and look what wasn't. happened. And, it wasn't. <laughs> and we're like, oh, okay. Um, I, I would love to see before I make any crazy predictions or even start panicking because Becky's in Portland. Um, I would love to see how 2020 plays out. Um, I don't think we're at a point where we need to jump to conclusions 
the team has definitely gotten younger now and it will continue to because the focus is development but mm-hmm. um i would yeah let's let's wait and see what happens in 2020 let's give craig a chance let's give the roster you know there's it's we're <laughs> you're going from the laura harvey age era to a brand new era and from everything we've heard it's not like they're going to take it easy you know and yeah i think just after speaking with him and stephanie last week they're neither one of them wants to play it like slow and have a, a you know a slow rebuild it's it's let's go and get it now mm-hmm. um there are also some really smart plans in developing long term um uh, developing youth long term but uh, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but you know that's not gonna make 2020. That's more of a 2024, 2025 type thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's for years down the road, for sure. So, yeah, we nobody. The Becky news was not how you want to go into 2020, and but you know, just let's wait and see what happens. <laughs> let's wait and see. Wise words. <laughs> it is It is a little bit weird to think no Harvey, no Parkinson, no Sauerbrunn, Tim Rack, Stengel, um, Laddish or Moros. Like that's a lot. That's a lot of change. And I can, if, if people feel panicked by that, like that's valid. I know. That's uh, valid. That's valid. But I think there's also reasons to be optimistic. It's true. It's there are very many reasons, and you know, we we're gonna be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, all right. Well, let's talk schedule uh, because that also happened earlier today in a much simpler time when Becky Sarabrand was still in the Royals. Uh, so the schedule d- dropped today. Like we already knew, um, the season opener was in Portland, and the home opener. That was the following weekend. Um, well, the Royals will host Orlando Pride on April twenty fourth. Um, but yeah, some some really interesting things kind of shook out, like um, the season ender is also at Portland. Um, mm. So that's unique. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they did that on purpose. They heard that this move was coming, and they're like, nope. <laughs> yeah, so it is kind of funny. On, on the heels of the the news of um, Sarah Brun, you know, allegedly going to uh, the Thorns, that um, Utah opens and closes their season in Portland. Mm. Um, anything jump out to you that you were excited about on the schedule? Yeah, I am... <laughs> I'm looking forward to – I was actually looking at – what's it called? The Sky Blue Games. And when I looked at the location, I was like, Red Bull Arena? And for a second, I was like, am I on the MLS side? What am I doing? Mm. Um, So that's that's really cool. Um, There definitely seems to be quite a few Friday games. Um, I mean, three, but no, four. Six. What? There are six Friday games. Oh, I think I was just focusing on the home games. Wow. Uh, 
aren't they all maybe you're right um but i'm really excited about that uh because like i like to camp and if I'm <laughs> photographing a Saturday night game and I want to camp on the weekend, it's real hard to swing that. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, I think everyone was hoping for expansion this year and I I had like straight up forgotten that that was like supposed to have been like a done deal and then it just evaporated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're back to nine teams. We're back to, you know, awkward scheduling because now everybody has to play each other three times there's midweek games you'll have rest um and i'll be honest work was insane today so i haven't had much of a chance to study the schedule but um starting the game at portland that's and ending it that'll that's either gonna that's gonna be quite interesting to say the least yeah it's oh go ahead oh no go ahead yeah it's it's definitely a bummer that not only do um, the Royals in their you know regular season away, they also have an away game the weekend before. So two away games in a row on total totally different you know coasts. One being uh, October 11th uh, at Sky Blue, and then ending the season October 18th uh, in Portland is really rough. Um, so they've got like a stretch of three home games in a row, which might be super valuable to pick up points because it's going to be hard to, um, you know, Portland is always a tough atmosphere to play in, as much as I hate to say that. Um, so I think, yeah. It's not yeah, ideal. and it's not at all. And so you started Portland. Uh, and then six six day six days later, you open uh, against Orlando, and then there's a three game road game. Yeah. So, um, and obviously not not easy when you have to go to Washington, Chicago, and then Houston, and then they're back uh, Memorial Day weekend versus mm-hmm. Portland, and then they head out to rain fc and then they have, they have six games in may that's insane i know i know and only one is a wednesday game yeah yeah and then there's i i don't know i believe there might be a break for the olympics um which if we have an olympics this year <laughs> we're all alive <laughs> yeah is, wait when are when are the olympics <laughs> uh july 24th through august 9th so maybe like a week off. Um, yeah. Uh, where did it go? Um, in the past, there's been a break for the Olympics, but it does not seem like there is going to be one this year because, yeah. I guess there's like a week between July 18th and August 2nd. Hmm. But know, that's not just... that's not enough time for an Olympics. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it sucks that this like always happens with the NWL schedule. Mm-hmm. But again, we want to get away from the mentality that the NWL depends on international uh, players because it shouldn't, and 
if you want the league to keep going and thrive, you know. But I guess I'm I I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like there's no scenario in which like the men's Premier League in England would play games during the World Cup or would play games during the Olympics, you know? Well, maybe the Olympics because it's fewer older players, but definitely not the World Cup. Like But MLS doesn't, I guess, you don't have many international players. Yeah, MLS isn't particularly <laughs> good. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I no. Like I th- I think the mentality is right of the league needs to raise the floor, I think mm-hmm. is the right term. Like this, it, it's got a pretty high ceiling, but the floor is also pretty low. If you raise that floor, then um, teams are still going to be competitive during sure. international tournaments. Yeah. And, you know, we saw some teams come out of the season pretty early and do well. Like Washington Spirit was top of the league. Utah was to- Utah was top of the league. Well, let's not talk about that. That's a painful <laughs> memory. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, and also the the this year it actually goes deeper into October, mid October, and so now the in the championship, I believe, is in November now. Yeah. What's interesting to me. So I made a spreadsheet of, and I'm going to try to turn this into a soapbox article of like blending the RSL and Royals calendars, basically so I can find time when like my wife and I can go camping um, (laughs) and get away from soccer. Um, But yeah, the Royals have three seasons after the last RSL home game Hmm. or not home game, like regular season game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of fun. Yeah, that is kind of fun. Yeah, it should be good. Uh, for some reason, I thought Port- they were going to be in Portland during Memorial Day weekend. And I'm like, oh, I could swing that. But that's a home game, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I'm going to be in Oregon that weekend for a climbing trip, but not be able to... Oh, wait, it's in Utah. So I think I'm going to just miss that game, Mm. which is a bummer. That is a bummer. So, yeah, so third year in a row that Utah opens away, and then they will open the second season. Well, they didn't open away last year. They just had a bye. You're right. You're right. But that was also weird in its own way. That's true. Yeah. Um. I think you have to be looking forward to the North Carolina games, the Chicago games, uh, Rain FC, um, Portland. It's always big. So Chicago is going to be really fascinating with like Scott coming back to Utah with um, Harrington facing his former, former team. Like that's going to be spicy. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for that one. Spicy. <laughs> Spicy. Um, yeah. Any further thoughts on the schedule? Which is I th- I thought it was the funniest thing that it went on Google first. <laughs> I know. I yeah. Uh as soon as people started picking up on that, <laughs> we started seeing team announcements real fast. It was kinda like, oh crap, 
<laughs> people know. People know. Like, who, I want to know who did that. I Somebody either must have just been playing a prank or Google just picked it up from the Googles at the NWSL offices. I don't know. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, those get uploaded somehow. Um, and I'm sure they have them like right before the announcement because Google probably wants it up pretty quickly, but I don't, yeah. I don't know where Google pulls that data from. Um, but it is pretty funny that they got it out before anyone else. <laughs> and did Craig, is he the one who like spotted that? Cause I didn't see it anywhere else until he pointed it out. Yeah. in on Twitter too, some people were like, I think it's out. But yeah, Craig was the first one who posted it. And so uh-huh. I posted it and people were like, wow, good find. I'm like, eh, I wish I had that much time to be searching <laughs> for the NWSL schedule. Well, I um, had looked a couple, maybe on Monday even, um, to see if it was like up from, up in that like RSL website or the NWSL website because the ticketing app that they use for uh, Royals tickets now had all the dates briefly mm-hmm. and then it was removed, uh, mm-hmm. which is really funny. Um, so they've known the dates for a while. It's just, I don't know. I think the league is a little struggles to get that information out there in a prompt, timely manner. Yeah. That's what happens when you're understaffed. Yeah. Anyway, um, been kind of a crazy day anyway but the schedule was supposed to be out this week mm-hmm. i believe yesterday and so it didn't and people are obviously going crazy asking million thousand questions and but yeah. surprise google had it all along <laughs> well i think meg Linehan changed her profile like bio to be i also don't know when the utah real or when the nwsl <laughs> schedule will drop it's <laughs> pretty funny Oh, man. Gotta love this league. Yeah. There's never a dull moment. Like, ever. So, all right. Shall we talk coaches? Yeah. Um, we definitely something that came up in the show last week with um, Craig and Stephanie, but I think worth um, just kind of reiterating those moves. So, Amy LaPelbit, um, former... U.S. Women's National Team superstar. Well, maybe not superstar, but definitely uh, she had like 80-something games, I think. Um, won, the, won the league with um, um, Kansas City. So I assume she was like the center back pairing with um, uh, Sauerbrunn. Is that correct? I believe so. Um, won a gold medal with the U.S. in 2012. Um but she's been promoted to director of professional development. Um, that's in addition to her duties as an assistant. And from my understanding, what that means is she will be the head coach of Utah Royals reserves, which is something she did last summer. Uh, the reserves play in the WPSL. Um, and it's kind of a semi professional development league. It's got a real short, like two to three month season. Um, but the idea there is that kind of becomes a place to recruit and develop. Um, and it is a relationship. If, if you are a fan of RSL and the Monarchs, it's very, very different from that relationship. Um, so you won't see a lot of player movement like up and down the way we do with 
um, RSL and the Monarchs where an RSL player gets injured and they go down to the Monarchs and play a game or two, kind of get back up uh, and healthy and then come back to the first team. It's such a short season that it's sort of like you blink and you miss it. Um, it goes pretty fast. Um, but it is a good place to develop and like keep your eye on, you know, college players. It's, it's some semi-professional players, but I think a lot of the team last season was college players kind of looking to stay, stay sharp in the off season. Um, and I think that's really exciting to see lapel, but given um, more ownership, a bigger role. Um, Stephanie Lee told me that, you know, she's a person who always asks for more and wants to take on more. Um, and it sounds like she has the ambition to be a coach. And so not only does she get to develop young players, but she, like her, she is developing into a coach in a lot of ways as well. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Lost my train of thought. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I do like that there's such focus on this youth um, development. I, I really like it. At first I was like, really? But that makes sense. Um, love the pelvis, just uh, promotion, and she's still in the system. She's still in the league. Not in, in, the, in the league itself, but, like, um, still involved with the organization. Um, mm -hmm. So that's cool. And then, yeah, I, I think these are going to be, I think these are good, great additions to the team, to the coaching staff, and hopefully they're as cool as uh, Scott Peterson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the the other hires were uh, Louis Lancaster, who is, he's been hired as an assistant. Um, he has a pretty insane resume. Um he was, I think, the head coach of the Taiwan national team, um, did some academy coaching in England, helped develop Jaden Sancho. Um, if you're not familiar with him, he's uh, he's a men's player, uh, plays for Dortmund, and is really good. Um, kind of dis displaced uh, Christian Pulisic for a bit there, um, but is on the senior men's England national team. Um, so that's cool. Like it's, it's fun to see, uh, an assistant, you know, have that kind of experience. Um, and then the last hire was, um, Caitlin Young. Um, and she has been, um, like I, my understanding is she's from Utah. Uh, she is, um, has been a, a coach at the ODP, um, and club level. And so she has a lot of experience. Um, so she'll serve as both an assistant, kind of like Lapel, but, but also as the youth technical director. So basically it shakes down to um, Lapel, but is like taking college age and older and helping develop them into professionals. And um, Caitlin Young is taking um, like youth players uh, pre-college and helping will help them like develop. And I don't know if that means there will be like specific academies in place the way we see on the men's side, but RSL as an organization is really good at developing um, players. And I think they're trying to put an emphasis on that on the girl side. 
And I think that's super significant. That's great for like women's soccer in general. That's great for soccer in Utah. Um, I know they don't want to step on the toes of the existing academies because there are some really good academies here in the state. Um, and I think a great example of or evidence of that is Amy LaPelbet was here working at one of those academies before, you know, the Utah Royals ever existed. Um, so pretty exciting to see the shift towards developing youth. Um, I, you know, that's going to be something that takes several years to pay off, but I think it's really good to be doing that now and get ahead of the game, especially when we don't, we don't see NWSL clubs do that in the same way we see maybe MLS clubs do that. Yeah, definitely not uh, a focus. I think a lot of it, if you look at North Carolina, Chicago, they develop within their team, not necessarily within academies, I don't believe. I think other than – I may be wrong or I could be completely right, but I think Utah may be the only team that has like a reserve team. I could be totally wrong in that. Maybe Chicago does as well. Hmm. Um, but but that's good. So hopefully more. But I don't believe Orlando has the reserve team or Houston. I really think only Chicago and uh, oh Portland. I think Portland may, or at least they have a youth academy because I believe Tobin Heath serves as a coach. Oh, not interesting. Like, yeah, not like full time, but she does help out with their youth system. <laughs> um so yeah really cool i think i think we'll like you said we can it's gonna take time you know players to develop but eventually you see the the product of that and so yeah we shall see yeah um uh, yeah we kind of we touched on this earlier but just kind of wanted to emphasize uh Allocation money is definitely at play in, uh, excuse me, allocation money is in play this off season. Um, and so like no deal is done that we've, that we've heard, but, um, you know, Stephanie did say they're working on that and they're trying to land a uh, player using allocation money. So, um, yeah, curious and excited to see how that goes. Yeah. And so it does seem like it'd be like a big international player. At least that's what Equalizer alluded to, that it would be, you know, they're, they're trying. No. Um, so it's good. I, I know I've said that a lot. But, um, yeah, it's – obviously there's no deal out there and all of it is – but the goal obviously is to get someone over here. So I'm excited for that potential. Yeah. yeah, it's um, – yeah, I mean, if if Portland are also signing an international using allocation money, that's going to be a disappointment. <laughs> Portland. Um, cool. Well, should we move on to listener questions? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. First one um, isn't really a question, but it comes from Marcus, who we love. Uh so Marcus says, I'm all about building the team and developing players, but we have, uh, but we need the leadership to help players learn. 
At this mm-hmm. point, we won't have queens, but princesses. <laughs> I'm not totally sure what he means by that. Do you have an idea? Uh, I'm just guessing little tiny soccer players. Okay. You know. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I agree. I think you need a balance because there's definitely a balance. But this is, this is an opportunity for people to, you know, step it up. For Kelly O'Hara to stop getting injured. <laughs> yeah, man, if those ankles stay healthy, it's a game changer. Yeah. So you gotta give the Utes some chances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Maybe Ciara King is going to just change the world. Oh, I hope I- so. <laughs> I really want to have her on the show. Uh yeah, I know. We should make that happen. Let's do it. Uh, Peggy asks, who would you love to see come over as an international that would offset the heartbreak and properly use the allocation money? Mm. Um, Sam Kerr. (laughs) That would be amazing. Like (laughs) a month after she leaves to get her hair back. Uh, um, yeah, some big time. European player from Europe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to say. I Do you want to replace like for a like and have like a center back? Do you want to get like a star striker or, you know, someone else, um, a playmaker? It's mm. no one jumps out immediately, but the world is like a possible – anyone in the world is probably – at some level of possibility, um, there's no reason, especially with some allocation money, like that the Royals can't attract major, major talent. Um, we see other players in in the league that you know are star players for their national teams that aren't the U.S. and aren't can- uh, Canada, um, and I think that can certainly happen here. Yeah, so sky's the limit at this point if everything goes great. Yeah. Maybe maybe Kim Little, you know, from Oh my god. Maybe she wants she wants to hang out with Rachel Corsi more, so That would be awesome. I would it be harder to get her here now that um uh Harvey's gone or easier? I would imagine more difficult. Probably. But probably not impossible. Yeah. Or someone from Germany, someone from the Netherlands, someone from, uh, I believe, yeah. There's just a lot of good players out there. Yeah. Yeah. Someone from Japan. What's her name? How do you spell her name? Martins? Who? Do you know what I'm talking about? Martins? Martins? Yeah. I'm going to stop talking now before I continue (laughs) to butcher (laughs) well let's move on to the next question um josh asks uh two questions are we still expecting a new home kit for 2020 and who's your pick for captain with brune gone thinking corsi or barney have to be on the short list Mm. i feel like i'm not sure barney will start every game um next season i think there should be some competition for that goalkeeper spot so I don't know if you'd want to give the, the captain's arm band to someone who 
may or may not be starting. I guess Craig is making that would make that decision and will know. Right. <laughs> uh, but I think I have a, a bit of a question mark around Barney for 2020. Yeah, she definitely was the preferred goalkeeper for Harvey last year. Um, mm -hmm. And new head coach, you know. Uh, Abby has been playing down in Australia. She's probably uh, a lot more recent with just her form. Um, so, yeah. as, as far as captain, I you know, why not Vera Boquet? She's a playmaker in the midfield. Um, that'd be my choice. Vera? Yeah, Vera. I think Vera's a good shout. I think, um, I don't know. I feel like Desiree has all the experience to do that really well. Um, Corsi certainly does that for her national team. I don't think there's any mm -hmm. reason why she couldn't That's do true. that here. Um, Diana Matheson. <laughs> <laughs> He was allocated, by the way. We didn't talk about that. Uh, we did not. It's funny. There's been so much news this past week. It's kind of insane, especially yeah. for this far out ahead of the the actual season starting. I know. I know. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if, if that's something Press or O'Hara would want um, because they certainly have the clout to do that. Um, I mean, I really was impressed by – when Michelle was on the podcast, how she, how she talked about like Kelly, um, you know, like reached out to her and like had some good conversations with her, but also of course she did as well. Like that to me, that shows leadership. Yeah. I, I remember hearing that and just thinking, wow, a Kelly O'Hara, what a friend. Yeah. What a pal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, would Amy want that? Has she has she been captain in the past? I don't believe so. To no. me, she just always like when she's playing, she's the most focused human being I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. uh, that I don't know if she would want to like kind of be pulling the strings and directing the rest of the team because mm. it seems like she just wants to destroy and score goals. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We shall see. Wait and see. Wise words. <laughs> um, Alyssa asks, I, oh, and yes, we are expecting a new home kit in 2020. Oh, yeah. We missed that part. <laughs> Good catch. Um, yeah, Nick Osterhausen something something. I have no idea how to pronounce your name, Nick, if you're listening. Uh, he said that it's the best kit they've ever had. Um so that's exciting. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I've heard descriptions. I think it's got some mountains worked in there. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm stoked for it. Mm -hmm. I yeah. do love the gold kit though. So if that's to me, that's the standard to beat. That's the gold standard. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> All right, Alyssa wants some ice cream recommendations after the sovereign news. Uh, also, in what ways can this trade work in our favor? Um, Lucas, favorite ice cream. I'm mine's lame vanilla. It's not lame, but are I you really serious? Your I'm favorite ice cream is vanilla. Yes. What are you like a seven year old white man? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay, so I have some thoughts. <laughs> 
that is um, that that is offensive to seven year old white men's. Listen, as a future seven year old white man, you know, if I make it that far, uh, I feel like I can I can burn myself, my future self. <laughs> Oh, you said 70. I thought you said seven-year-old. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Oh, okay. the, yeah. The, those aren't. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. I was like, well, it's seven-year-old. My mom used to just like, she worked, she she was a nurse, uh, is a nurse, um, and worked with elderly people a lot, but she'd always make fun of like old white guys for just wanting to eat vanilla ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 All right. Um, Moving on from my ageism. Um <laughs> So I, th- my favorite ice cream is the um, sea salt and caramel from um, Salt and Straw. Wow, in Portland, Oregon. Wow. Why? Wow. You can't do that. Why? You can't promote anything Portland after today. So Alyssa, here's the thing: if Becky is going to Portland, it's only fair that you take away something from Portland, and for one hundred dollars. <laughs> Which is a lot of money. You can have four pints, or maybe it's five pints, shipped to you in like a freezer box uh, from from Oregon. Mm. Or if you're feeling crafty, um, you can buy their cookbook off Amazon. Um, my wife and I have it. And we've made a couple different ice creams, and um, like I'm not really particularly good at cooking, but it tasted just like salt and straw. Um, so. There's that option if you want to play the long game. But um, if you're looking for something to satisfy the Sauerbrunn Blues right now, I would probably say um, like Smith's brand, the like Selects makes a really good like cherry and chocolate chip one. And I'm not usually like a fruit ice cream guy, but it's delicious. You can get it in a pint size or half gallon. Um, I did read this question earlier and gave it some real thought in my drive home. <laughs> so uh, that would be my recommendation. Get it at any Smith's. Um, it's like, yeah, the select brands, cherry and something. Um, but it's, yeah, super good. There you go. And in what ways can this work in our favor? Obviously, the allocation money, especially if we, if Utah lands somebody really, really good. Um, you know, somebody who can help the team. So it sounds like there may be a lot of money involved in this and an insurance policy if Becky continues playing for like 20 years. But um, yeah, yeah. It, look, it, it looks like this was very strategic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Sabrina asks um, – I honestly don't think we can or will make enough moves to fulfill all the gaps we have in the roster to have a good squad that will actually fight for a playoff spot this season. What are your thoughts on our uh, competition? Am I wrong or are we really getting behind? Hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're getting behind. I think... I think honestly, up until Sauerbrunn leaving, things were good, if not in some ways improving, um, because the four or so players that went out weren't really contributing at the level we would have seen from them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like all all great players, but weren't you know quite um, weren't every game starters, weren't getting 
um, a lot of goals. You know, we saw a significant drop off in Stengel's production from the first year to the second year. Um, Stephanie Lee said that, you know, her style of play just didn't really fit with how they're um, looking to attack this next season. Um, But now with, you know, Becky gone, there is a significant hole in the back line that is going to be filled by someone who's not as good as Becky Sauerbrunn. Yeah, I, it, it's like, let's let 2020 play out. Um, it's easy for us to jump into panic mode with the changes and the drop-offs, but I think probably by mid-season, depending, you, you can be able to see, like, this is terrible. But, um, yeah, let's – it's easy to panic. I get it. Um we're familiar with something and it's changing and I think I, I I think I think it will be okay up until Utah's like oh and six yeah yeah so let's let 2020 play out no time to panic let's give Craig Carrington and the staff just a chance to see what they're gonna do and it's gonna be a complete different style from Laura um, and that is like one of the reasons why, I mean, like Katie Stengel did not just fit in this, in the plans anymore. Um, there's a whole different style of play that they want to use. So yeah. Um, Sabrina, it's going to be okay. But if it's July and Utah's like, oh, and 17, then you have every right to panic. Um, Okay, so Melly, um, she uh, wrote in Spanish, but she basically just uh, points out the issues that she's worried about, um, especially now with Becky uh, leaving, being traded, just like who's going to take over that spot. They really need someone creative in the midfield, um, you know, like a good number nine. And let me check out. Yeah. So the team, she thinks the team is just too soft right now. And the other eight teams are armed to the teeth. <laughs> so wow. I think, the, I think the concerns, I think everyone's feeling that with the retirements players traded. Yeah. Utah does seem, uh, you know, yeah. but you got to, you gotta remember, it's still a lot can happen. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think she's got a point, but yeah, there's, there's still, you know, we still have time before the season starts. So, mm-hmm. for sure, um, for sure. On a very similar note, Jen did not ask a question, <laughs> um, but just said we are scared. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, That's valid. Yeah, it's okay to feel fear. That's a normal human response when. Mm-hmm. There's no Becky Sauerbrunn to protect you in the back line. That's true. Hmm. And then Isa is asking, when will the new international signing be announced? Or is that not a for sure anymore? I mean, lots of play, right? Yeah, definitely not a for sure, for sure, but something that is being pursued and is hopeful. Mm-hmm. Uh, timeline would probably... 
be before the season starts. But with if it's someone international and they're following a different calendar, I yeah, I don't. I guess I don't know how that works in the NWSL. Mm, yeah, I think sometime in May. Okay, is was when everything kind of starts to wrap up yeah. in Europe. So. Cool. Well, anything else before we wrap up? I would just like to say, Becky, can't believe you did this to me. <laughs> Can we title <laughs> the podcast, that. Becky Stubborn, How Dare You? How dare you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Becky, I just, I'm kind of hurt, not going to lie. <laughs> or going to Portland, but. Of all places. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone, thanks so much for listening. Um, We'll be back in a week or two. And yeah, I hope everyone has a great week.